the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I want to share with you today that prayer is very important, not just for you, but prayer is important for your household. Prayer is important for you if you're a parent, if you're a married person, any kind of family relationships, and we all have them. We need to be bringing God into our homes. And one of the ways that we do that is by our prayers, by the process of praying, and by the process of knowing how to pray for our family. So let me share with you today four things I believe will help us to pray effectively, not only for our own lives, but also for those that are closest and nearest and dearest to us. I'm going to talk about three to begin with, kind of three foundational principles that I will cover fairly quickly. We'll spend most of our time on the fourth point together, but I want you to get the first three uh, for the foundation that will lead us to the final point today. The first thing I want to remind you of is you and I need to realize that the devil is targeting you and targeting your families. One of the major themes of Scripture is this theme of spiritual battle or spiritual warfare, that there is this battle going on in the invisible realm. We cannot see it, but it's a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, between light and darkness. Now, we know that through Christ, He has already won that battle, but there's still, there's still warfare going on. There's an invisible spiritual realm that is every bit as real as the natural realm that we see around us. And in the spiritual realm, there are battles that are ongoing. There is a devil, a personality of evil. He's treated as such in Scripture. There are forces of darkness, demonic spirits that exist in the world around us. And we need to be aware of the context of this and the battle that goes on. The Apostle Paul references this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Listen to what he said to us. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Notice he uses very specifically the devil, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil, where in the heavenly realms, in the invisible realms, there's darkness around us contending against us. Peter references this in 1 Peter 5, 8. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, again, there's an identification of an evil personality. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And if you and I are going to live truly victorious Christian lives, it's imperative that we understand the fact that we are in a spiritual battle, that we are fighting unseen spiritual forces that are intent upon our destruction. The Bible says of Satan, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. We must be aware that we are in a battle and to realize that the devil is not only targeting you, but the devil is targeting your family. I don't say that to make you afraid, but I do say that to make you aware. It's extremely important that we're aware of the reality of spiritual warfare. 
Now, why would the enemy not only target you, but also target your family? Because Satan understands something. He knows that if he gets to you, he ruins a life, but he gets, if he gets to a family, he can ruin a legacy. Number two, you and I need to become familiar with the method the devil uses to trap people. The Bible refers to the method of Satan, the methodology of Satan. Going back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, we're told to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's, what's the next word there? Schemes. Notice that word. That word scheme in the original language represents a word that perhaps you may be familiar with. If you've studied anything about electronics, you perhaps have seen schematics before. And schematics of an electronic piece will show you the circuitry, how it operates, the things that work, and how it works. The same is true when it comes to the enemy. He has schemes or schemata or methods, methodology that he uses to try and trap us. He does not use the same thing with everybody. He does not attack you the same way that he may attack me. He studies our weaknesses. He's aware of our vulnerabilities, and he will attack you. I promise you, he will attack your life. He is searching out a way to devour you and to get into your family, and he uses a variety of methods. Certainly, he uses the method of temptation. He uses the method of false imaginations and intimidations that will get in your head, all kinds of things that play with your mind. He gets into your your physical activity activities of life and the sense of exhausting you to where you have no spiritual energy to pour into your life, all kind of ways. I can't speak specifically for you today in terms of the method the enemy will use, but there is a method that he uses against you to try to get into your life or into your family. And that's why this leads me to my third point. You and I need to develop very strong spiritual discernment. The way he attacks you will be different from me, and that means that we need discernment. We need to recognize the attack before we're taken captive by it. The best time to recognize temptation is not after you fall into temptation. The best time to recognize temptation is before you fall into temptation. Amen? It's to recognize it before you step into the trap. And so this is called discernment. Let me take you to Proverbs chapter 3 verses 21 through 23. I love this passage. My child is talking to each one of us. Don't lose sight of common sense and, what's the next word there? Discernment. Hang on to them. Hang on to what? Common sense and discernment. For they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They, they what? The common sense and the discernment. They will keep you safe on your way and your feet will not stumble. Here the wise writer of Proverbs, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, you need to make sure that in your life you're getting as much common sense as you can get and to make sure you're developing as much discernment as you can develop. I want to bring us now to the fourth and final point where I want to spend most of my time today. And this is where we get into some action points for your life. And I want, you to, I want to encourage you to become a protected, proactive believer. That God's plan for you is that you would be protected and that you would be proactive. If we face spiritual battle and the enemy is scheming against us and we need this discernment to recognize it, in the context of this discernment, we need to be protected and we need to be proactive. We do not need to be passive. 
Because if we're passive, we're actually going to become a victim or a casualty of spiritual warfare. And I want to tell you today, before I get into the next seven things I want to share with you about that are very practical, I want to remind you today that God, through Jesus Christ, has made spiritual victory possible for you and possible for your family. Victory can happen in your life. And God's plan for you is that you would be protected and that you would be proactive. And I'm going to share with you for the next few moments seven things, seven things that you can do in your life that will cause you to be protected against any attack of the enemy yourself and in your family, as well as to be properly proactive, taking your stand as God calls you to take a stand. The first thing that is necessary if you're going to be protected and proactive is to make sure that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. That you come to the place that you love and you obey Him. Is Jesus truly Lord of your life? You might say, what does it mean for Christ to be Lord of one's life? It means that He is sitting at the center of your life. That that your greatest love is toward Him. That your greatest love is not toward your husband or toward your wife or even toward your children or your family, but your greatest love is toward God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength, that He is Lord of your life, that He is number one, that He is in charge of your life. Because you can't have Jesus operating in victory and power in your life if, you're not, if you have not made Him Lord of your life. You can't experience the beauty of His power unless you've placed Him in control. You cannot have God at work in your house if he's not at work in your heart. Listen to Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Or we could translate that appropriately, under my authority. Because in my name represents the authority of Christ. In my name, what will they do? They will drive out demons. So when you and I are living under the authority or in the name of Jesus, there is simply power imparted to us to drive evil from our lives. So my first question, is Jesus Lord of your life? If he's not Lord of your life, you're in the right place today because he wants to become your Lord today. And the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is to make him Lord of your life. When you stop and say, you know, God, I'm ready for you to be number one. Today, I'm turning my life over to you. And maybe for some of you today, that's the very beginning point. God brought you here today for that very thing to happen in your life. The second thing that's necessary for us to be protected and proactive is we need to know that Jesus is the mighty warrior. When you're in relationship with Christ and he's Lord of your life, you're teamed up with and you are under the authority of the one who has never lost a battle and never will lose a battle. Okay. Are you hearing that? Notice what the scripture says in 1 John 4, verse 4. You, dear children, talking to us, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Notice the one who is in you is the greater one. See, the greater one is not the one out there attacking you. The greater one is in you. His name is Christ. He is the mighty warrior at work in and through your life. You teamed up with the winner, okay? The psalmist said this in Psalm 24, 7 and 8. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. 
Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And then he asks this question rhetorically, who is this King of glory? He answers himself, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Dear one, let me tell you something today, whatever battle you're facing in your life and whatever battle you're facing in your family, the Lord is stronger than any enemy that you're facing right now in your life, in your family, any realm of your life. He is the mighty warrior, okay? The third thing is so important. To be a protected, proactive believer, you need to understand the power of the Word, the power of the cross, the power of the blood, and the power of the name of Jesus. Let's talk about each of those individually just for a moment. You've been given this wonderful gift we have as believers called the Word of God. And the Word of God, the Bible says, is powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It is able to do work against the adversary. God's Word will drive back darkness. When God spoke the Word, let there be light, darkness fleed at the, at the declaration of the Word. Jesus himself, when he was facing his time of temptation on the Mount of Temptation, you can read about this in Matthew chapter 4, as the enemy, as the devil is coming against him, Jesus is under spiritual attack. And the Bible says that the way that Jesus successfully navigated that spiritual attack was very simple. He simply quoted the Bible. Matthew 4, verse 4. As Satan is tempting him, Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. How did Jesus overcome Satan in that situation? By quoting, by declaring the word of God. Let me ask you this morning, do you know the word? Is the word of God in your heart? And does the word of God come out of your mouth? That's why you and I need to be filled with the word of God. That's why your house needs to be filled with the word of God. Then there's the cross. On the cross of Jesus Christ, when he died for us, he died for our sins. He paid the price that we owed God. We owed the price for every sin that we committed, but Jesus paid the price for us. And what looked like a, what looked like a failure on the cross actually was a great victory because on the cross, Jesus dealt a blow against all the works of darkness. And Paul speaks of this in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he's talking about demonic realms, he made a public spectacle of them. Notice this statement, triumphing over them. How? By the cross. When you're going through a time of spiritual attack, or as you live your life, you begin to declare, I am living in the shadow of the cross. The cross of Jesus is over me. I live by the power of the cross because I was nailed to that cross in Christ. I'm no longer that same person. I'm a new entity because through Christ, I'm a new creation. Through the cross of Jesus, there's something new in me. The power of the Holy Spirit is in me, and the power of the Holy Spirit is in this household, in this home. You proclaim the power of the cross, the power of the word and the power of the cross and the power of the blood. There's power in the blood. The Bible says that life is in the blood. When Jesus was on the cross, as they pierced his, his hands and they pierced his feet and they pierced his side as the crown of thorns went into his brow, blood flowed. And that was so very important because Jesus was there as the eternal sacrifice for sin. It pointed all the way back to the time of Passover in the Old Testament. When the children of Israel were wanting to come out of Egypt and, 
God said a death angel is going to pass through the land and I want to get my people out, but here's what you must do. You must take a little lamb and put it in your household and keep it for 14 days. And then on that last day, you're to slay the lamb and paint your doorpost with the blood of the lamb. And here was the promise. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so all of those who painted their doorpost with the blood of the lamb, when the death angel came through, they were set free. They were, they were released from Egyptian bondage by the blood. You and I are released from the power of sin by the blood of the one and only lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There's power in the blood. The power of the blood speaks on behalf of God and brings us in reconciliation with God. And I will tell you something. The blood is something that we plea against the enemy because there's victory in the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Why is this important? Because I'll tell you, listen closely. One of the tricks the devil will use on your life, and he uses it regularly in all of our lives, he comes along and he tries to remind you of your yesterdays. He tries to remind you of your past. He says, you, you remember, remember that part of your life? Do you remember what you did then? Remember who you were there? And he pulls it out in front of us and he hangs it out before our face and says, that's still who you are. You're still that same person. He likes to remind you of all your failures. He likes to remind you of what you have been so he can rob you of what you will be. But let me tell you something. When you begin to live under the blood, you don't live in what I was. You live in what I am, okay? okay? Because the blood changes perspectives for you. Because the blood says, my sins are washed. My sins are forgiven. It's been washed and covered. Now I am that new creation in Christ. I'm living in the power of the blood. In Revelation chapter 12, the story is told of some believers who are being accused by the enemy for their past, for things in their life. And the Bible says, it tells us how they overcame. In verse 11 of Revelation chapter 12, they overcame him. That's the enemy, the accuser of the brethren. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death what you and I need to realize is that we're living in the power of the blood when the enemy comes and reminds you of your past you say you know what my past is under the blood of Jesus you proclaim the power of the blood and then the power of the name remember there are four things the power of the word the power of the cross the power of the blood, and the power of the name. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes and says, because of Jesus' obedience, going to the cross and being obedient to death, God gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no name like the name of Jesus. There's no name like that name. There's no name like the name of the Lord. And when you and I, in faith, call on the name of the Lord, we're calling on the authority of Jesus. The psalmist said in Psalm 124, verse 8, our help, we find our help in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. David understood this as a shepherd boy. When David goes on the scene where Goliath is and all the armies of Israel are being intimidated by Goliath and and they're asking the question, who's going to fight this giant, this Philistine giant? And David says, I- I'll go fight him. And Saul said, well, you know, if you're going to fight him, you need some armor on. Why don't you take my armor? And so Saul took his armor off and put it on David. And David said, I, I can't fight in this. And David said, I need my slingshot and five rocks. And he goes against Goliath. But he realizes this. He says, yeah, I'm not really going against Goliath with a slingshot or with stones. I'm going in the name of the Lord. 
Notice what it says in 1 Samuel 17, 45. David walks up to Goliath the Philistine and said to him, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Let me ask you the question. At the end of the day, who was standing and who was on the ground? Goliath fell and David stood. Why? Because he stood in the power of the name of the Lord. Psalm 44, 5 through 7, through you we push back our enemies, through your name we trample our foes. Dear ones, let me remind you that you've been given some weaponry. That weaponry includes the power of the Word, the power of the cross of Jesus, the power of the blood of Jesus, and the power of the name of Jesus. These are gifts that have been given to you against the adversary so that you can be protected and you can be pro active against him. And that leads me to my fourth thing. You and I need to use the spiritual authority that Jesus gave us. If you're going into battle and you're all outfit for battle, you've got all the artillery necessary to win the battle. There's only one thing. If you're successfully dressed for battle and you're better dressed than the enemy in terms of your, your, your capabilities, there's only one thing that can keep you from winning is that if you don't use your weapons. And there are a lot of Christians who've been given the power of the word, the power of the cross, the power of the blood and the power of the name, but they don't use it. It's been imparted, but they're not using the authority. When Jesus died, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. When he rose from the grave, he told his disciples, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. But this is the part that we sometimes fail to recognize. Not only does Jesus have all authority, but he's also deputized us with his authority. When Jesus redeemed you, he brought you out of your sins, he washed you clean and gave you newness of life and gave you a brand new beginning and gave you the authority of his name, he deputized you to use the power of his word, the power of his cross, the power of his blood, and the power of his name. You are duly exercised, you are duly deputized to exercise the authority of Christ, okay? That means that when the enemy is coming against you, you've got to utilize the authority. You've got to take a stand. You can't be passive when the enemy is attacking you. You've got to stand against it. Notice Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus' words to us, I have given you authority. Notice you, you authority, to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Jesus said, I've given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. What is this snakes and scorpions? Well, this represents not a physical snake or scorpion, the representation of the serpent. Going back to Genesis chapter 3, the devil is known as a snake and he's known as a serpent because he stings. He has a stinger in his life. And so Jesus says, I've given you authority to trample on the serpent and trample on the scorpion that would try to sting you and to overcome all the power of the enemy. You have been duly authorized, duly deputized to utilize authority to drive back the enemy that would come against you or your family. In James chapter 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God. Resist. That's an active word. The actual Greek term that's used there is where we get our word antihistamine from in the English language. It means to put a battle up, to resist. Resist the devil. Resist the devil, and what will he do? He will flee from you. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Here it is again. What? Resist him. 
standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Number, number five, saturate yourself and your family and the Word of God and in prayer. We've talked about that one. Your family, your life needs to be saturated in the Word of God and in prayer. And then number six, saturate your environment with thanksgiving, praise, and worship. The word saturate, when we use that word, I'd like to draw a word picture for you. If you take a sponge and you dip it into water and you let it sit in that water for a period of time, the sponge is going to absorb the water. When you pull the sponge out, it's going to be dripping with water. It's saturated, okay? What I want to encourage you to do in your household is to saturate your household, the environment of your home, to saturate it with, wor- with thanksgiving and praise and worship. Your home needs to be filled with thanksgiving, not grumbling. Amen? So many times our homes are filled with grumbling and complaining and agitation about this and discontentment about that. Flip that around. And and when you are tempted to grumble, start praising, okay? When you're tempted to complain, start thanking God for something because there's something you can always thank God for. And so why is this important? Thanking God, praise and worship because Anytime you you express true thanksgiving to God and worship and praise to God, you attract the presence of God, okay? Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Don Crow here with WAVA. And- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.